0: This episode was recorded on the country of the Ngunnawal and Ngambri peoples, the traditional owners of the Canberra region. I pay my respects to Elders past and present. I would like to acknowledge their continuous connection to country, community and culture. This is Weekend Birder Podcast, and I'm Kirsty Costa. Throughout season two and beyond, we are going to hear about some great places to go birdwatching around Australia. This will help you plan or dream about your next holiday, or maybe you'll learn about some new places to visit in your local area. We are kicking off this theme with a trip to Canberra in the ACT. I thought it would be fun to start here because it's probably not the first place you'd think of in Australia to visit. Our trip host is Olivia Congdon.
1: So, I grew up on a farm in rural New South Wales, and I guess just my family are very interested in nature and birds and all animals, so I was just innately interested in animals. But I actually was a little bit scared of birds when I was a kid. Uh, (laughs) I thought an an owl swooped me. I've since realised it must have been a hawk of some kind. (laughs) But yeah, I was just really afraid of birds for quite some time, so it's actually kind of funny that I've turned into like the bird person. And I don't know how it happened. It just kind of crept up on me, I think, over time. Like, I just ended up taking lots of photos of birds and then the pandemic happened and I was wandering around and then birds were around. And I've always loved animals. I studied zoology. I just gravitated towards them somehow
0: and I've just turned into a bird nerd. (laughs) Olivia moved to Canberra 10 years ago after taking a job at the Australian National University.
1: So I grew up on a farm and then I went to Tasmania for uni and then after uni I ended up in Canberra for work as a communications officer. Yeah, since then I've worked in communications for, I don't know how long that's been, maybe almost a decade. I work at ANU, at the College of Science in Communications, and that's a really cool job because I basically just get to tell stories about science and scientists at the ANU. And it happens to involve a lot of bird researchers which may or may not have something to do with why I love that job. (laughs) So there's a group called the Difficult Bird Group. There's also a lot of researchers in biology and also the Fenner School of Environment and Society. So there's a lot of bird researchers around, but uh, the Difficult Bird Group is very cool because the types of birds that they research are the ones that are vulnerable and endangered, and so they're a bit more difficult. And they're also difficult in different ways because some of them are like in really remote areas, like Bruni Island in... Maybe that's not that remote, but they're difficult to research because they're in sort of more difficult places like the 40-spotted part in um, Tasmania or the swift parrot, which is also Tasmania and um, the mainland. They also study the orange-bellied parrot, extremely endangered, and like a whole bunch. Uh, yeah, I won't list them all, but yeah, there's just a lot of cool research that happens at ANU, and it's been really fun being able to like go and talk to the researchers one of your recent episodes, you were talking to some ANU researchers and I heard them talk about this superb fairy wrens. It's a really long-term study that's happened for the last 30 years at ANU. And that's just really cool because the knowledge that they've built over that time with the same population is really, really interesting. And yeah, I wrote a a story about that and talked to um, one of the research coordinators who, she just spent most of her career in the gardens, just taking data on these birds. And she's really cool. (laughs) So yeah, it's just a privilege to be able to talk to the scientists that are doing all this on the ground research into birds.
0: The superb fairy wrens episode that Olivia referred to is in episode two with Dr. Holly Kirk, available now for your listening pleasure. Olivia is a Weekend Birder listener and volunteered to come on the show and share her list of three places to go birdwatching in Canberra. She's going to start by telling us about the or wetlands. I think they're in all the
1: books if you look up where to go in Canberra because it's a, it's an absolute hot spot for waterfowl and also some woodland birds as well. You can see Parliament House from the wetlands. Like it's right it's not in the center because Canberra's quite small, <laughs> but it's still it's an urban environment in a way. There's there's a car yard next to it. There's also a brewery next door. But then you you go in and there's bird hides, there's heaps of lots of trees, and then there's a few different little wetland ponds and you can walk around them and do different loops. There's always people riding their bikes because there's a little track that will get you into the city. It's a really interesting place because it is where nature and the city kind of connect. It's where a lot of people go, but there's so much bird life and all sorts of animals there, I'm sure, as well. I just made me think about the brewery. Like, I went there with some friends who also love birds, and it was great because we did birds and beers. So, we went for a walk around the wetlands, and then we went and had beers afterwards at the brewery. It's the perfect weekend birder kind of place to go. There's also a sewerage pond across the road, which you can't get access to, which is a shame because there's heaps of birds hang out there as well. There was like a whole bunch of rednecked amicets there. Was really disappointing because they were in the pond and you couldn't really see them because you can't get access to the sewage ponds. They sort of go across both. So there's often like pinky and ducks in the sewerage ponds and then they fly over to the wetlands and you can actually see them at the wetlands in a nicer environment as well. <laughs> so it's, it's a beautiful place and the thing I love about there also being lots of people there is you also find out a lot from everybody. Like I've met people there just sitting in the hides chatting and you find out about why they love birds as well and what they've seen you go for a walk and then you see someone with binoculars or you see someone with a big camera and so you just stop and say what have you seen today and that's my favorite thing because usually people say oh just the usual suspects <laughs> it's always the line but then you hear then then they'll tell you something else and they'll be like oh, there's there's a heron over there, or um, I saw a Latham snipe this morning, then you find out what's going on. So I think it's a really fun place to go, even though it might not be like a super unusual place. There'll be people everywhere, but it'll also, you, you'll always see something and you'll always be surprised. The thing I also love about the wetlands is it's the only place I've ever seen the Latham snipe, which is one of my favourite birds. They're really cool. That's another story I did for work was about um, the Latham snipe with one of the researchers. And it's also an example of the community all coming together because everybody loves this one bird. So there's a lot of volunteers in Canberra who come and help and uh, will catch the snipe in the net and then um, help with all the banding. And it's it's a really community affair, including the Japanese embassy because they fly to Japan. And so, yeah, there's this whole community involved around it. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that episode when you get
0: to it too. (laughs) Olivia is in luck because we have a whole episode about the Latham Snipe coming up in season two. I visited the Jerrabomba wetlands last time I was in Canberra and it was a delight. It's a mainly flat walk and the pathways are suitable for wheelchairs and for prams. Our next stop is Calumbray Nature Reserve on the south side of the city.
1: This one is a little bit more outside the city. So it's basically just a big paddock that has been let go and rehabilitated. I think there's some sort of farmland sort of connected to it and the owners of the farm have allowed it to be a public property. It's the first time I saw swift parrots. That's probably why it's on my list because they stop on their migration from Tassie and they come inland and they often stop by in Canberra. And so there was a whole flock of them at Calum Bray, maybe a couple of years ago. And that's the first place I saw them. And yeah, that was also really cool because everybody was all there. And you meet a whole heap of different people who are also there just to see the swift parrots. It's a pretty crazy experience just looking at this bird who looks so at home. They're these tiny little parrots flitting around and knowing that there's only like I don't know exactly how many, but like less than 500. Don't quote me on this number, but like there's a very small amount. They're critically endangered and it's kind of wild to see a whole flock of them. And you're like doing the calculation in your head. You're like, what percentage of the population am I looking at right now? Is kind of weird. They're gorgeous little birds. And yeah, so I saw them at Calumbray. Yeah, there's other woodland birds there like gangangs. I saw a sacred kingfisher there, which was really cool. Partilotes, all the fun little cute woodland birds, honey eaters, everything, (laughs) like I don't know what else, there's lots of them, I don't want to list every single bird I've seen there. (laughs) But actually there's some um, really old trees there as well and I'm always looking at tree hollows, that seems to be a lot of Canberra birds. like finding hollows and it seems to be a a theme that keeps coming back especially I love taking photos one of my favorite photos was two wood ducks in a big hollow at Calumbrae, both trying to escape from the nest at the same time (laughs) it's yeah kind of fun I think Calumbray was just a place that I have a lot of affection for because I've wandered around it a lot trying to hone my birding skills and also my photography skills so I've fell in a big hole there once, so I don't know why it's got <laughs> a lot of affection in my heart. But I was looking up at the birds and didn't notice the big rivet and just fell on the ground. <laughs> but I was just so absorbed in what I was doing. But yeah, so I, I kind of like I learned how to take backlit photos because it was like it was after the rain. There was all these raindrops all over the like eucalypse over all the like long grass. And so I just accidentally like shot into the sun and the photo turned out amazingly. So I spent a day just out at Calumbrae just taking backlit photos with heaps of like big balls of light in the background. And I think it's, for me, it's always the side of the photography along with the birding and the two I get excited about. So I'm I'm excited to have taken a cool photo of a bird doing an interesting behavior. I'm also excited to have a photo of, that's really beautiful. The two of them kind of go together and I'm always learning about both of them at once. Back when sort of in the pandemic, when I first got fully into birding, I got really absorbed in bird photographer YouTube. (laughs) And so when we're only allowed to go out for one hour every day, which is hard for me to even remember, but so I'd obviously go for lots of walks. I would also be at home watching bird photographers and wildlife photographers on YouTube. And I learned so much. And it also just got me really stoked about going outside and having adventures in nature.
0: The final place that Olivia recommends you go birdwatching in Canberra is a spot that is particularly special to her.
1: I think the last one has to be a little place called Fernhill Park, which is across the road from my house. It's not going to be in all the books and it's not going to be the place that anybody really tells you to go, but it's the place that I go the most and it's where I've seen lots of birds and it actually happens to be a haven for a lot of birds. I don't live that far out of anywhere, I'm like near the AIS in Canberra, which actually has a lot of birds itself. And then there's this little park and it's not very big. There's a playground and there's apartments all around it, but there's some really old trees there that haven't been disturbed in years. And there's lots of cockatoos, there's gang gangs sometimes. I see lots of superb parrots all the time. There's yeah, lots of parrots like eastern rosellas, crimson rosellas, king parrots, Glass. I don't think I've seen a yellow-tailed black cockatoo there, but they've flown over. At, like I've heard them and looked up and seen them flying over. And lots of little birds as well. You've got like parrots and wrens and thornbills. I like it because I know exactly where everybody lives. Like You walk past a hollow and you say hi to the cockatoos that live in that hollow and they're like peeking out and you can see their offspring for the year. You notice that the rainbow lorikeets have come in because the trees are flowering and they weren't here last week, but now they're here now. And then you walk past like the certain corner and check if the king parrots are home, because that's where they live. <laughs> and so I kind of like that, because I feel like I, I know them. They're like my neighbours. <laughs> so um, I think that's my favourite place to go birdwatching. And I'm also a bit disorganised, and so I can never like organise myself to go on a big trip, but I'll be like, I feel like birding right now. <laughs> and so I'll go out when the light is nice. And I'll go take some nice photos and I'll always get something if I just go to Fernhill Park and just sit and wait for something to happen. So I live in an apartment. So right now I can see lots of trees, but I can mostly see other apartments. And you wouldn't really think that it was a place for lots of bird life, but it is. And it's really nice. Yeah. Oh, and there's like chuffs everywhere, white wing chuffs, which I never really noticed or cared about. But then I've since realized they have so much personality and they're always busy doing something, scratching around, and they're not afraid of people at all either. So they're a really fun fun species. Yeah, they're so like scrappy as well. They're always sort of scratching around and dancing around and having a go at each other. <laughs> they're quite fun. Oh, that's what I was going to say as well. There's lots of tree hollows at Fernhill Park. So there's always competition over the tree hollows, which is interesting to watch. It kind of just shows how all these old trees are so important, and every time I'm there, I'm just so grateful that this exists. And I, I think around Canberra there are lots of little pockets of nature. We call ourselves the bush capital for good reason because there is lots of little pockets of bush around. And so I think wherever you are, it's your local park that feels like this. But it is really nice because there are it is lots of habitat for a whole bunch of species, and I, I've seen a glider there, a krefts glider also competing for hollows. I just heard the cockatoos and wandered over to have a look and there was a little glider like running up the tree. So, yeah, it's, it's just a, a really good place. And, it, yeah, basically anywhere that there's bush in Canberra, you can find something.
0: And it doesn't stop there. Olivia said that there are heaps of other places on her list that are really worth a visit. Tidbinbilla National Park is kind of the main one. If you go out there, sort of
1: an hour drive from Canberra, and there's like so much to explore out that way. So that's a definite. Mulligan's Flat Nature Reserve is and Way, twenty minutes from the center of Canberra. So it's it's not a long trip, but it's a big reserve. It's a got a predator free fence around it. So there's a whole bunch of like little small mammal species there as well. They have they've rewilded betongs and quoll there's lots of superb parrots out there golden whistlers there's all the the beautiful little birds there's um bushstone that they live out there as well because there's no foxes and cats to predate on them and there's heaps of echidnas as well which is another good reason to go out there. <laughs> so yeah mulligan's flat is a really really fun place to go you can go there at night as well. as a big boardwalk and there's also a whole bunch of um, night tours. and I've been on a night tour out there and we saw um, a barn owl. Yeah, and you can hear the bushstone curlews calling as well. So it's it's a really magical place. Again, not very far out. Most of the things on my list are kind of central. So Lake Ginandera is in Belconnen. And just some water birds that are there are always fun. It's just a fun place to go. And the same with West Belkonnen Pond. It's another man made pond, but there's often lots of water birds there. There's always different what birds there, so you kind of have to keep on eBird and check what's happening.
0: (laughs) Superb parrots are found around Canberra, and Olivia says they're a delight to watch. So they have like the long tail
1: feathers and they're kind of like the slim, slender, bright green parrot. The males are very distinct from the females. They have a bit of like yellow on their face and a little red stripe on their chin, but the rest of them is mostly bright green. And the females are just fully green. And the same with the juveniles. They have a lot of character as well. So yeah, they're they're vulnerable in Australia, and I think they're vulnerable in the ACT as well. And they're another that are in the Difficult Bird Group research remit because they're under threat from deforestation and a whole bunch of other things like climate change. They're also another bird that relies a lot on nesting hollows for breeding and they happen to be really picky. So that's something that researchers have found out about their nesting. It's There's like a few certain species of gum tree that they really only nest in and they have to be of a certain age before they'll even look at it. For some reason, they like to be in Canberra (laughs) because they hang out in the Riverina and the inland slopes of Great Dividing Range, Murray, Murrumbidgee Valley, and the adjacent plains and floodplains. But I think one of the things about superb parrots is they're a little bit unpredictable and no one really knows a lot about their range because they do overwinter in some areas and then they breed in other areas and they forage a lot based on where the right foraging habitat is. So they're always popping up in different places around southeastern Australia. Yeah, it's a bit tricky to know where they are, but they over the last few years, they've actually ended up being in Canberra a lot. And they like happen to be around where I live. I'll just see them along the side of the road, just feeding on the grass. I think they have sort of been my entry bird when I think about it, because I did grow up in the Riverina and my parents were always like, very excited if they ever heard or saw a superb parrot. And I remember reading a kid's book about a superb parrot that was like, it was a very independent book that somebody had written trying to improve conservation for superb parrots. So they were like, they were very special all my life. And so when I just saw them on the side of the road in 2020, I was like, what? These are superb parrots? What's going on? (laughs) Often you'll see them foraging on the ground in flocks. People can confuse them with red rummed parrots who are little, parrots that hang out in the grass. The red-rum parrots are more turquoise, whereas the superb parrot is a brighter green. And when they take off, you kind of see their feathers splay out like little fingers. You can also just know that they're there because you hear like little munching on the leaves, and you hear some rustling in the tree. And then you look up and you see that it's a few superb parrots having a little feed. They sort of look like a guinea pig eating the grass. Not at all like a guinea pig, but when a guinea pig is eating one shoot of grass, it just slowly like munches away on it. They kind of do that little like munch munch, and they're very adorable to watch. I just feel so lucky because I also think lots of people in Canberra haven't seen them, but I just happen to live where they hang out a lot. And then even at work on the ANU campus, we get superb parrots. So I'll just be walking along to get my lunch and go to the cafe, and then I'll hear like a flock of superb parrots fly over. And I'm like, what are the chances?
0: Because <laughs> they are, yeah, quite a rare bird. It may come as no surprise to you that Olivia's favourite birdwatching tool is her camera.
1: I didn't even have binoculars for a long time because I would just use the long lens on my camera. <laughs> to see what a bird was or I would take a photo and then zoom in on my camera which is yeah I know there'll be a lot of birders that tut tut at that <laughs> but that's just what I had available to me and I didn't have that much money to spend on binoculars because I'd spent it all on my long lens <laughs> when I saw some parrots on the side of the street then I ran home and I got my camera and then I came back and then I like I lay down in the grass on my tummy and like just took photos. That was kind of the thing that made me realize you could just stop and be still and then the birds will hang out with you and come to you. And so I don't need my camera to do that anymore. I'll just sit and feel like a little bit of a snow white and the birds all come around you. I didn't realize how to do that until I had my camera and I sort of slowed down and it gave me purpose and a reason to be there, to stop and wait and then It helped me, yeah, to learn about the birds. And then you take a photo of something you had no idea what it was and then you have the record so you can go back and look up the bird book and then I could figure out what it was. And so, yeah, my camera has been the thing that's really helped me to find the birds. But then also sharing my photos has helped connect me with like the birding community and like the local Canberra community but also in Australia. And so it's really joyous being able to share my birds on Instagram I made some little cards out of my photos and people really love that. Like, it's just a nice way to
0: bring people along on the birding journey. I'll put a link to Olivia's Instagram account if you'd like to see her photos. For anyone who is interested, this is Olivia's camera setup.
1: I had a Canon 70D. The lens I had was a Sigma 150-600mm to lens and that was a really good basic birding setup. That was amazing because the 600 millimeters could get you really close. So that's why I felt like I didn't almost need binoculars because it's such a long lens. It would feel like I was really close to the birds. Then I got all absorbed, as I said, in the YouTube world (laughs) and the photography world. And then a new camera came out, the Canon R7. It's sort of the entry-level mirrorless Canon. So it's a lighter camera and it's got better auto eye focus. The AI is really good and it kind of finds the eye of the bird and helps you take a better photo. And with that, I have a 100-400mm to 400 millimeter lens. But I'm always wishing I had other things and trying not to go down the like gear obsession because that's a thing you can do <laughs> and wheel myself back and just
0: be happy in the moment with what I have. <laughs> well, that was a joyous exploration of birdwatching in Canberra, wasn't it? Many thanks to Olivia for taking the time to share her favourite spots and her favourite birds. If you are living in Canberra or you're planning a visit, you could also reach out to the Canberra Ornithologist Group. Anthony Overs from this group featured in Episode 5 and he taught us how to use binoculars and he also talked about birding in the Australian National Botanic Gardens. You might have noticed that the Weekend Birder website has had an upgrade and now features a section on where to go birdwatching in Australia. All the places that Olivia has just mentioned are pinned in a Google Map for your reference. Visit weekendbirder.com and check it out.